So, folks, today, 37 years and 16 days ago, I became a teenager. Uh, I turned 13, and I remember, I remember my mum, she just used to do this annoying thing every birthday. She had her own version of happy birthday. And so you can imagine a 13-year-old, I wake up, she wakes me up with a cup of tea, to be fair to her. That was good parenting. Um, don't get any ideas. Um, she walked in, she sings this stupid, sloppy kind of happy birthday song. And then afterwards she says, now you're a 13, now you're a teenager, you're going to become this stroppy individual, and you're going to do this, 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 and this, and this. I'm thinking, Mum, would you ever just get out of my blooming bedroom? It's birthday here. So 13, 13. Our teenage years are important years in terms of that transition from childhood to adulthood. For all of us who've journeyed that, they're incredibly important years uh, to develop. And there's lots that we sense the Lord has for us um, over these coming years. We really, really are ex genuinely excited to be in this place and this new season that the Lord has for us. We're also grateful to him and that we would celebrate today. It is important that we do that, that we're, that we're here and that together we continue to journey. I'm looking around and I'm looking at some of your faces. You were with us in that first Thursday evening at the Zoo Park Cafe. And you're still with us, which is wonderful. And along the journey, many have come and many have gone for various, various reasons. And for many of you here, you're new or you've been coming a while. We're so grateful for everything that God is writing into the various chapters of the story that he has for us. Behind the scenes, um, our leaders and a group of wider leaders, we've begun to start thinking through what is it that the Lord has for us in this next chapter, in this next season. We are very aware of what the dream is and what the vision is. We're called to be a kingdom people, that God has placed his Holy Spirit on us, that we're called not uh, just to kind of get our ticket to heaven, but that he has empowered us with his spirit so that we might do the words, works and wonders of the kingdom here on earth. We're, he's called us to be a church where lives are changing. We're a church that we say, come as you are. And we create an all number of different environments and ways in which we would do that. We have our values which undergird and underpin what I've just said. And we, we explored those for the first four Sundays of our first our last four Sundays at the town hall, that we would spend time in his presence, that we would connect with him, that we would love him through, uh, through corporate worship, which is what we've just been doing there. The importance and the value of community that we gather like this, and Chantel has alluded to a couple of things just even this week that's happened, and that we would uh, be the arms and the legs and the hands and the feet of Jesus that we would go and that we would give away what God has given us through being compassionate and being kind to others. But specifically, where is it that God is inviting us? Specifically, what is it that he's asking of us in this next two, three years and beyond? What specifically are we going to put our effort to, our resource to? Where is it that God is inviting you to journey with us in order to fulfill the dream and the vision and to fulfill the Great Commission. What is it? And so we've been exploring that together as leaders and we've got uh, a few ideas ourselves already 
and uh, over the coming weeks we'll unpack uh, what that is and what that looks like so that you know this is the bus and this is where we're, where we're journeying towards. Um, but we also want to hear from you. We want to hear from everyone. And so on the tables out there after, afterwards for tea and coffee, we have three questions. We have uh, you and Jesus. What one way do you wish you were more like Jesus? Fill the space. If you were designing a church, what room would you make sure was on the plans and why? And then the third question, why church? Why are you a part of Carrick Focus Vineyard Church? We would love you to take some time to fill in uh, one, two, or three of those. Put them into the basket at the, where coffee is being served. If you don't have time to do that, or you have children, you want to just rush away, by all means, fill it in, screenshot it, and the number there is to WhatsApp it to us later. Very long-winded introduction. It's birthdays time to celebrate. It's time to share and to remember stories. And so we've got two stories for you this morning. Uh, so delighted. I'm going to introduce to you Betty Graham followed by Ellie McElrath, two incredible uh, women in our church to come and to share uh, just a little bit of their story and their journey as they have been a part of our church. So where's Betty? Betty, you're up first. Hiya. Um, if you don't know me, my name is Betty. Uh, I'm from Donoghadee. I don't live there now. <laughs> um, I'm from Donoghadee, but I, I moved to Carrick 13 years ago, uh, just about the time Carrick Vineyard was opening up, um, which is strange because I saw this, the signs for it on Facebook and thought, yeah, I should really go there, and I didn't. <laughs> um, I've been coming here for five years. Uh, I didn't come because I wanted to come strong, you know, I pride myself on being a strong person and, and being able to help people and, and that's how I wanted to come, but in the end, I kind of came weak and I kind of came broken. Um, and I found a place where I could come just as I was. I found a place where people were gentle. People let me have my time and my space and, and just accepted me for who I am and respected me for who I am and allowed me to settle in and to grow, and I am forever grateful for that. Sad that I didn't come 13 years ago. Can't change that, but I'm here now. Um, and I'm still a bit broken, and I'm still a bit weak, and that's still okay. And if you're feeling a bit broken and a bit weak, and you don't know whether you should be here or not, you should, because it's okay. Because we're all a bit broken, and we're all a bit weak. But we have a good God who's strong and who holds us and who loves us just as we are. So if I have anything to say and if I say nothing more, that's what I would say to you today. Come as you are. It's, it's not just a strap line. That's what Jesus said. That's why we say it. Because Jesus said, come as you are. He doesn't want us to stay as we are, um, but he wants us to come as we are. Uh, better stick to the script. <laughs> that's usually Paul's line. Um, what I have found here is acceptance, is growth, um, and I've, I've had the, the space to try some new things, and, and at the minute I'm exploring solitude. Uh, I had my first quiet day last week with some, some people from Belfast City Vineyard, and it's very new and very strange for me, but I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I feel the benefit. I came with no expectations, which was probably a good thing. Um, but if you're an extrovert, 
or if you're an introvert, or if you're new to faith, or if you've been walking on a journey of faith for 30 or 40 years, I recommend you try it. Um, even if it's 10 minutes, because the one thing that God was saying to me was, I just want your company. I just want a relationship with you. And that sometimes means closing the door and getting away from everybody else and everything else. So that's what I would encourage you to do. Um, as far as trying new things, the other thing I'm trying new is uh, I've just started studying again. Um, will it work or will it not? Ask me in three years' time. <laughs> um, but, you know, I'm not exactly a spring chicken. And by the time I, I graduate, it'll, it'll be after I would have expected to retire whenever I started work at the age of 15. Um, but you're never too old to try something new. So if, if you're thinking of trying something, whether it's a challenge or whether it's new or whether it's strange, just give it a go. What's the worst that can happen? And finally, and then I'll sit down. Uh, what would I like for here? Well, we're here in this new building. And a few weeks ago when I was thinking about this, I was thinking, you know, we've been a bit like the children of Israel. We pitched our tent in the senior campus. And then we pitched our tent at the town hall. And now we've pitched our tent here. And we're following where God is leading us. And that's great. But I would love it someday if he would provide us with somewhere permanent that we can have in the community that we can open all days of the week and all nights of the week. And we can have a boiler room for 24-7 prayer. And we can just open the doors and make coffee for, for people who are lonely and, and don't have anybody. And that we can just serve our community and be a, a presence for God in our community. So that's what I wish. But most of all, most of all, I just wish that we would love each other and be united in our faith so that people can see that we love Jesus and turn to him. Hi, my name is Ellie. For anyone who doesn't know me, I'm part of the youth here at Carrick Vineyard. And... I basically live in the same street as the few guards, so that is how I ended up finding out about Carrick Vineyard. Beth brought me along in first year to youth, and I remember I was so like nervous and scared. And to be honest, that like nervousness and timidness probably didn't go away till like fifth year. But yeah, it's just crazy. I just feel like God's given me so much confidence over the past couple of years to transform me from someone who was would barely speak in youth or anything like that to being able to stand here today and speak to all you guys. But um, yeah, when I was in lower sixth, I like last year, I became a young youth leader and that was a really big step for me. And I also joined the life group last year, which was in the Daniels house on a Wednesday night. And um, I just found that that opened up doors for really good conversations and for me to grow a lot in my faith and to practice praying for people, which I find really scary, praying out loud, that was a big thing for me. And yeah, I'm really excited that this year, me, Eve and Finley are gonna be leading our own life group, which we started this week. And I think it'll be really good for some good conversations and things like that. So yeah. <laughs> and yeah, so I've come to youth since first year, but I went to Woodlands like all my life until COVID where my mom she was watching like Carrick Vineyard online and things like that and she had been praying about it and we decided to come last Easter Sunday for the first time um, and 
yeah, we just kind of felt instantly at home here. Like we kind of we were like really nervous to come, and then once we left that Sunday, we were just so excited to come back. And yeah, I'm just so thankful that everybody here was so welcoming to uh, me and my family. So thank you so much for making us feel at home. Whoa. <laughs> um. One sec. Um. Yeah, I just I've had whoa. One sec. Um, one sec, I'm trying to see where I am in my notes. Yeah, I'm just, I'm really excited for what's to come, and I'm so thankful for the encounters that I've had with the Holy Spirit and what's, what God's given me, and I'm just so excited to be giving it back to the young people and youth and just serving through teams, and I love how easy it is to serve in this church. Like, this morning I was on Welcome Kids, and I was in here, like, it's just, it's so good. <laughs> But um, yeah, no, I'm just so thankful for this church family that me and my family have. And now my brother and sister, Ruben and Eva, they're coming to youth as well now. And Ruben's playing the Cajonan youth as well. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, I just, I love it. And I'm just so excited for more people to come. And I'm excited that around this building, there's so many houses and people are going to see us going and wonder what we're doing. And yeah, I'm just so excited for the next new chapter for youth and for this church. Thank you. Well, this is my first time back speaking since our sabbatical. We have uh, we've enjoyed kind of coming in just a little bit uh, uh, easier there and not having to speak on the Sundays just as we've kind of reintegrated and uh, caught up on everything that's been going on during the summertime. So really, really thrilled to have the opportunity to share a few things uh, with us this morning. But before I do, I do want to pay tribute and say thank you to some folks that actually allowed us to get going and and being away for what was three months break. Uh, And first of all, I want to thank our board, our board of trustees, uh, who do lots of work behind the scenes, lots of things that we don't see. That's made up of Laura Farrell, who's in the middle here, who spoke last week and did an incredible job, uh, a master of many talents. Uh, so Laura, uh, Stevie McCann, who's not a member here, he's in Coleraine, he's a member of Causeway Coast Vineyard Church. Uh, Michelle Scott, uh, who has been a long-standing pastor at Dungannon uh, Vineyard Church. Uh, and then Steve Milburn, who is here somewhere. I was going to say he's hiding because he's Scottish, but he's not, he's on the front row, sorry. <laughs> sorry, that's mean. I'm looking for allies. Not that I think we're going to get on when it comes to that. More about Scotland soon, by the way. That's just whetting your appetite. Uh, but Steve, uh, more recently, uh, and then Ivan Skinner, our photographer for this morning, another jack of all trades, um, master of, of a few. And, uh, and those guys collectively uh, facilitated and made it possible uh, for us, approved our time off and provided budget for us to, to, to do some, some things that were incredibly life-giving, which I'm going to come to in a moment. Also, at this moment, just want to give opportunity just to say a massive thank you. Ivan has uh, since chosen to stand down from the board after six and a half years of faithful service. He has done an incredible, enormous amount of work that we'll never see. So thank you.
Michelle Scott as well from uh, Dungannon Vineyard, she also uh, has felt that it's time for her to stand down from being part of the board as well, so I'm just merely notifying you of that. Uh, she and her husband Jason are dear friends of ours and uh, we thank her as well for her contribution and her time on the board with us. We want to thank uh, our leaders, uh, our pastoral leadership team, uh, who uh, covered a lot of things for us during our time off. We're incredibly grateful to Dave and to Kate, uh, Ivan and Gail, and um, uh, Mich Mark, and uh, nearly called you Michelle, Mark, wherever you are. <laughs> Mark and Philippa, and also to Johnny and Jenny, uh, who did a lot of work behind the scenes and uh, also to notify you this is a little bit of a church update that Johnny and Jenny they have decided to step back from their role uh, leading alongside us in that capacity they are very much a part of our church as is Ivan uh, still as well but they just felt it was their time to step back you'll see lots of them still around they because they're incredible people will continue to lead uh, in various capacities uh, but we want to thank them as well for their contribution <laughs> then lastly we want to uh, pay tribute and thanks to our staff in particular to Kate Crosby who did an enormous amount of work uh, to Tom who does an incredible job again lots of it behind the scenes you'll receive emails from him correspondence from him there's lots of stuff that just happens here that we don't get to see and he plays a really big role in that and we're so grateful to him uh, also to Jules Jules uh, she had uh, technically sort of finished her her job with us uh, at the end of May there uh, but we're so grateful to her because of the unique bit of her role that she does regarding uh, finance and compliance we needed that really to continue before we could replace that job you know the the monthly accounts uh, was so so important and so she continued uh, through June, July, August and September, uh, five hours a week, keeping that going. And that, uh, she didn't have to do that. But if you know Jules, you'll know why she, that she chose to do that. And again, we want to just say a massive thanks to her for doing that. And in so doing, we have most recently appointed Lisa Donaldson, who is at the back corner. She's now embarrassed, she's waving. Uh, Lisa uh, has, has come on board with us uh, just recently picking up uh, anything and everything to do with finance and a number of other things to do with compliance as well. Uh, she is incredibly um, well uh, suited for the job with lots and lots of experience in this whole uh, really exciting area. Um, <laughs> Praise the Lord for people like Lisa and Jules, that's all I'm saying. Uh, but we're so grateful that she's joined us as well. So, uh, last, last thing. Thank you to all of you. We have felt your support. We have felt your love. And many of you have wished us well and have sent nice messages and have been so kind to us. And, uh, and that's so, so good. And so, on our return, many of you have asked, well, how was it? And our honest answer, uh, and what I've given many times, was it was amazing. 
we had just the most incredible life-giving uh, time as individuals, away from work, away from uh, the, the, what we do week in, week out, year after year leadership. And together as a family, we had some wonderful things. And uh, so you'll be glad to know that I have a 120-page PowerPoint slideshow <laughs> of, of all of our, our trips. Uh, but no, we, we, we do want to share one or two things uh, with you this morning. I think it's fair to say that we did need a break. Um, this is not a sob story, and it's not, I, I don't want to draw unnecessary attention to ourselves. But church leadership is the most incredible thing, and at times can be the most brutal thing as well. It's incredible because we get to see lives changed. We get to see people set free. We see new believers. We get to see God's kingdom come in our midst. And it's the most incredible job. And we're so grateful that God will call us to do something like that. It really is amazing. And it really is brilliant. And at times it can be incredibly difficult and incredibly heart-wrenching. I never knew this. If, you're, if you are literate, I need to be careful not to say illiterate. If you are literate, you'll already know this. I never knew this. But the word vicarious is where the term vicar uh, gets called. Vicarious apparently means to suffer with, to journey alongside. And don't ever call me a vicar or I'm liable to cause you some harm. Um, <laughs> I so want to say so many things in reply, but I won't, not this morning. There's a whole number of different things um, that, you know, journeying life's pain with people is such a privilege. Honestly, it's such a privilege. I'm, what I'm saying is that we, we love to journey alongside when it's difficult. We do. We genuinely do. We take that on, though, ourselves. And our job, and those of you who are leaders, you're all leaders. It's not just what we do. You'll know that that to be true and our role is often is to then give it to the Lord it's it's too much to carry coupled with relational fallout with disappointment people leaving and walking away from their faith when we invested in them and they journeyed with us and all of these different sides of of what we do year after year the accumulation of that can build up coupled with the difficulty of leading through COVID and then leading it out of the other side of COVID, uh, it's fair to say that we needed a break. And we're so glad, we're so grateful uh, that we got that. Early in June, I'll be honest with you, it was kind of strange because we were still here. And, um, and, and I felt in my times before the Lord, uh, him speak these verses to us. And I want to share this by, by means of some sort of sermon. This is, this is not really a sermon this morning. This is like a a set of musings or a set of reflections, really. But, but this one thing, um, God really highlighted these verses to me personally, and I offer it to us all this morning. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. 
the same passage, and many of you will know this from the message, so brilliantly written in a more modern-day tongue. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me, and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me, and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. I felt such encouragement many times during our time off. I would return to this passage and invite God the Holy Spirit to really speak to me. And not just speak to me, but to minister to me. Minister into my soul, into my being. To allow him, for me to come to him, to lay down my burdens, to, uh, to invite him to set me free. And Jesus' invitation is to all of us here this morning, that we would come to him. The invitation is always to come to him. As Betty said this morning, it doesn't have to be a day, although a day is incredible, but it's this daily invitation that we would come to him to be restored and to be restoried, for him to, uh, to do just whatever he needs to do to get away and be with him. And so, in part of our restoration, to Scotland we went. There should be an image, I'm hoping. There he is. Any ideas who that big fella is? Not me. <laughs> Come on, you know who it is. It's w William Wallace. That was a terrible attempt at a Scottish accent. Look at him. Like, look at a statue. He's absolutely majestic. No wonder the English feared him. So to Aberdeen, uh, we spent six days in June, and we had just the most incredible time. We went to visit our dear friends at Catalyst Vineyard, which is in Aberdeen, where our middle son, Owen, is still this weekend. He's been at the Scottish Leaders um, Weekend uh, with Jordan Seng, who's from Hawaii, difficult place to minister, I believe. Um, Jordan is going to be our guest this coming weekend. For those of you who are booked into Legacy, the Island Vineyard Leaders uh, Conference gathering uh, that we're having at Belfast Vineyard. And uh, so we went there to Aberdeen and we had an incredible time there. We spent lots of time with our friends who are leading there. We went to a number of meetings and, and, and church, and it was just wonderful. Oh, my goodness, so wonderful to go to church and not have to think about the notices or have to think about who's doing coffee or have to think about. It's just so nice just to come and be in church and just worship the Lord. Just so, so, so good. One particular story stands out to me. It was a Sunday evening service. It was being led by the youth and their young adults. And it was incredible. And afterwards, the, this girl, she led ministry. And if I'm really honest, I wasn't really expecting much myself personally. But God, in that moment, I got ministry. I went to the front. We were already on the front row. I stepped forward a couple of extra steps. 
and some others came and they prayed for me. And it was one of the most powerful ministry times I've ever, ever received. And I've had hundreds of times over many years of following Jesus, people lay hands and pray for me. It was honestly one of the most significant, powerful moments. And it was all deep, deep, deep inner healing stuff. This one phrase, I've written it down here. This one guy was praying for me. He said this, I'm sorry for what you went through as a kid. And honestly, you were there. It was flipping. Stop crying. It's not helpful. <laughs> it was another layer of the onion. You know, you, if you've been part of our church, you know a bit of my story because I've shared it lots of times. And I do it to give permission that others would do the same, that we'd make ourselves vulnerable in the presence of Jesus, in the body of Christ, where others will gather around and lay hands. It was the most incredible time of, of God just doing some really, really deep stuff with me. Another thing while we're in Scotland is we, we received some spiritual direction. That sounds really, really formal and really whatever. Um, but basically, spiritual direction is, is simply having a one-to-one -one conversation with someone who knows and loves Jesus, who really asks good questions and helps you to hear and listen from God and what God's saying. And we had a number of different sessions, uh, together as a couple with Tori, and then uh, together as individuals, just one-to-one -one with her. And again, some really deep, profound um, things that God raised up in us. It's something that I've now continued uh, uh, over Zoom. Incredibly life-giving. Just two or three weeks ago, it really, really, really helped me uh, with some things that I was wrestling through in, in my head and in my heart. Just absolutely wonderful times. I can honestly say that during that time that we were there, I was able to let go of some of the painful narratives of our time leading Carrick Fergus Vineyard. And I don't need to go into detail, but just disappointment, I think, is probably uh, the best way I can describe that. Things that I knew I was holding on to, things that would sometimes still come up in my thinking and sometimes in conversation, maybe with you actually. And I felt like God was really saying, Paul, you, you just got, you've got to lay that down. You've got to give that to me. And I really felt like I was able to do that in that space, in that time. I hope this is encouraging to you as well as me just sharing my own things here. In returning, what I found interesting in these last few weeks since starting again in September, that this same thing is what God's doing with me right now personally. Often it isn't always that what God did on sabbatical, it's usually afterwards. And I'm beginning to see more and more and more that it's through the difficult things, through the painful things, through those things, that God does his best in us. Because it causes us to draw close to him. And it would be so easy to run away. It would be so easy to jack it all in. and It would be so easy, wouldn't it? And so many of us and, and people that we know have done that. And then some return, praise the Lord. But it's in the difficult moments that God does his best. And I was reminded again of something that's been said 
that we're the project. We're the project. It's not what we do for him. All of us. God's more interested in us. And so I found during our time in Scotland, as well as learning some pretty cool stuff about, um, about multi-site church is what they do really, really well to be really helpful and really interesting. But it was what God was doing in me was wonderful. Let's return to this passage. Jesus not only sends us the invitation for rest now, but he also promises rest and ease along the journey that's to come. Jesus says these words. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The message version, Jesus says, walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. Jesus is offering this way in a more sustainable life that we wouldn't burn ourselves out. If ever in our culture and society there's a message that's really helpful for all of us today as we live this treadmill of running around, racing around, constantly glued to our phones or information or whatever it is. I mean, what you did to spend the day out from all of that is incredibly brave. It's incredibly brave, but in this moment, Jesus is saying, learn from me as we journey life. You don't have to get to, I appreciate a three-month off work is an incredible luxury, unbelievably so. We don't have to wait for that annual holiday. Oh, if we just get to July or August and we'll get away from it again. We can learn this rest, this rhythms of unforced grace, this love as we go. And so Jesus used this analogy of a yoke, and hopefully there's an image there of, uh, of a couple of oxen, oxen, um, male uh, cows being yoked together. The wooden brace that kind of joins them together is called a yoke. And, and, and in those days, they would have much better understood it, so we don't need it sort of explained. Um, it, it simply is uh, that the oxen would have been joined together so that they could then pull a plow and, and prepare the land. And a wise and experienced farmer would never put two inexperienced, two young maybe, ox together because they basically would be fighting for position and, and they would be literally, uh, one would be trying to pull over this direction and the other one would be pulling over the other direction and then you look behind and you see the, the, the plowed field a bit like this. No, an experienced farmer would place an inexperienced ox with one that had been around a bit that have been doing the plowing up and down thing for years and years and years. And the reason being, the younger one will learn from their more experienced one. And Jesus uses this brilliant analogy. He's saying, be yoked with me. Be joined with me. Watch how I do it. I'm going to blaze the trail in the right direction. And if you're yoked with me, if you're walking closely with me, if you're listening to my lead, and you're just simply coming alongside and with me, you'll find rest for your soul. You'll learn the unforced rhythms of grace. You'll find the rest. Walk with me, work with me, watch how I do it. Instead of what many of us do, and that's just blaze our own trail. We just do our own thing without really thinking, without going before him and praying and saying, God, what do you think? Where should I go? Who should I call? How should I spend my time? Should I make this decision or not? We just blaze on ahead. But Jesus' invitation in the journey going forwards 
is be joined with me, be yoked with me. My yoke is easy. My burden is light. A couple of other things I wanted to share. Um, can we have that next image? There we are. Oh. We got to go for just the most incredible trip to go see Sam in New Zealand. And uh, we were united having been apart from him for 10 months. And we got to spend just over three weeks together. It was just the most brilliant and amazing time. We spent most of our time in Christchurch, which is where he is. He's at Grace Vineyard Church there. Uh, they have six campuses uh, dotted all around the city. It's incredible. That kind of came as a result after the earthquakes. If you remember seeing it on the news in Christchurch, city was flattened. And some incredible stories that we learned about their time during that. Uh, Sam, our son there, is just having the best time. He's learning lots. He's, he's, he's interning with uh, working under a guy called Ben, who some of you might remember, Ben McGregor. Uh, and again, more importantly than what Sam's doing with kids, it's what God's doing in him. Oh, my gosh. I spend time with him. Like, we're like looking at him going, is he, a ma- is he our son? Like, what's happened to him? It's what God's done in him. That's what's happened to him. Um, uh, one story, there's loads I could share about that, but one story I want to share is there were, we, we took a trip. We, we took a really big trip, and we, we went to this place and that place. And um, I, I'm driving the car, and the five of us in the car, and I just... I just had this, mo- it was about an hour of, uh, of me just hearing the Lord about us as our family, but also us as a church family. And I felt like God started downloading quite a few things to me um, about us and about our future. And, um, and, and I was just incredibly, incredibly grateful to the Lord that our children really love Jesus and more than that they really love the church like they really really love the church and was just so, so I was just so overwhelmed so grateful for that and about that and I know that I'm, as I'm sharing that that's quite painful for some of you and one of the things that uh, the prayer group that meets once a month uh, last Sunday evening was praying about was that very thing. It was about our children and our children that maybe once upon a time were with the Lord and were following the Lord and, uh, and especially our adult children. So I want to just take this moment right now is to pray for them because we want to be really prayerful that that's something that God's placed on our heart and, um, and so let's pray. If, if, if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to stand or even put your hand up, but you, you, you have a child or you know of a child who's not with the Lord, right? Just, just hold them before the Lord. We want to pray. We want to pray. God, we lift such and such before you now. God, we invite you to speak to them. They've heard 
and they've known you, many of them, before. God, where there's been disappointment in their lives, where they have felt like you might have failed them, or where the church may have failed them in the past, God, we pray that you would speak tenderly to them. In this moment, Holy Spirit, just invite them. Just woo them to yourself. Draw them to yourself. We pray for us parents that you'd give us peace in this. Holy trusting, holy hoping in you. Amen. As I was reflecting on our own children and I was considering their love for the Lord and their love for the church, I thought of you because you helped us raise them. It's not just us. You did it. And there's obvious people like Gillian Grant who was our children's pastor for years, like Andy Howard who had really dodgy rounders rules but nonetheless <laughs> led our youth, like Emma McGuigan who's led our youth for years now faithfully alongside all of you other youth leaders, all you children's leaders that you are on kids team even though oh, it was that Sunday and perhaps you'd rather you weren't but you were and you served. For those of you who are on the setup team, who prepared the rooms so that the kids could be in those spaces. And by the way, fellas especially, but I don't want to be sexist, it can be women as well. There are still four slots available for the setup team, the shameless plug. For those of you who gave financially, for those of you who interacted with our children over coffee and took an interest in them, to those of you who prayed and supported and loved us well as their parents, we thank you. In a couple of weeks' time, we're going to have a dedication here. We'll dedicate another wean to the Lord. And in that, Chantel has that verse, it takes a village to raise a child. That's what it takes. That's what it takes. And as a family, collectively, we all get to play and we all get a role in that. And I want to mention also the wider church family of Vineyard Churches. They've also had a significant role in our young people, in the various events and various gatherings that they have gone to. I need to be quick. It's 11.42 and the ice cream van man's here. A place to call home. It's what God's calling us to be. A place full of people. Everyone is valued. Everyone feels safe. Everyone has a role and a place to contribute. Everyone gets a seat at the table and it's all centered around Jesus. We do this together collectively. We're so grateful that in more recent years we uh, have some really good uh, leaders around us. We are um, intentionally trying to lead much better, much healthier from a place of, of, of leadership team where we're trying to involve as many people. That's part of the reason why we're asking you questions to contribute yourselves so that this place, this family is not led by one or two individuals. 
It protects us. It protects you. It also invites us all to share the load, to share the burden. And it empowers you also to do the things that God's called you to. As I uh, reflect and share those things, I want to just address uh, something that that has come up. Um, This will... uh, Uh, Many of you will know lots about what I'm saying, and some of you will know very little about what I'm saying. Some things that have happened outside of our church, but has affected many of us inside the church. And during the summer, whilst we were away, there were some painful revelations about the leadership of Alan Scott at Causeway Coast Vineyard during his time leading there, and about uh, Mike Pilavachi at uh, Soul Survivor. Many of you will have read newspaper articles and blogs and uh, maybe written or read, sorry, things on social media. And many of you will know uh, of our close links with both those people and both those places. They were incredibly um, informative places for us, places that we, uh, much of what we've learned uh, about leadership uh, has come from our time there. And on the whole, they were incredibly positive places and environments for us to be in. And we have no story or no axe to grind or, or anything there. But nonetheless, we acknowledge that that hasn't been the case for everyone. And we acknowledge the fact that many have come forwards not with the same positive experiences having been in those environments under Uh, the leadership of Alan and Mike in two separate places. Can't believe that it kind of came to a head at the same time for us. We know that um, many of you have uh, have felt for us and have uh, have had concerns for us and we appreciate that. It has impacted us significantly. It's impacted many of our friends of which we have still in both places. And uh, so we want to thank you for your concern for us. We also want to acknowledge that it may well have affected you. And uh, it it may have left you with some questions and some concerns. And so what we would like to convey to you simply is this, that if if there are things there, or you have questions or concerns, we want you to feel free to come and talk to us personally about that. And we invite that, and we make space and room for that. So if that's the case, please uh, speak to one of us afterwards or by all means, please email us. And uh, we would like to do that with you. Uh, Just briefly, uh, a final report of uh, Causeway Coast Vineyard is still to be uh, released and published. I believe that will be fairly soon. And it may well be then that you may wish, you may have questions or may wish to talk about that to us. So please, again, you can do that. Now, on our birthday, we can't end there, can we? We can't land right there. So what I thought we would do, um, instead of birthday cake, we have ice cream. Instead of saying a wish as we blow out the candles, because that would be uh, not in keeping with our Christian theology, why don't we pray? What I'd love us to do, and we are going to end now. Sorry, worship team. Let's stand together. I want to give space literally for two minutes max. And it's just simply an invitation. Uh, imagine that there, uh, imagine there is a, a cake and there's candles. 
As we celebrate our birthday, what I'm inviting anyone in this place to do is simply offer up a prayer. You've got to be loud so that we can all hear it. And you've got to be bold because you're doing it in front of a lot of people. Um, but just a simple prayer um, of what God would do in us, with us, um, in this time. So maybe a couple of minutes. It'll be a bit awkward probably to begin with, with a bit of silence. But if you feel like God's given you something, just speak it out nice and loud and, and short. Yes, short. That's a key word. So what have we got? Let's pray. God, we thank you for one another. We thank you for those who are inside this room and the kids' rooms, for those who couldn't be with us this morning, for those who have been part of our story over the last number of years. We give you thanks and we ask for more, God. We ask for more of your presence in our midst, in our lives. We pray for more freedom in our lives. And we pray for more believers to come to know you and for others to return. We give you thanks and praise and celebrate in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.